0: Hey, I'm Allison, host of Fine Cut, a podcast where a guest brings a scene they have strong feelings about, love, hate, curiosity, from any form of media, and then we discuss the heck out of it for 20 minutes. It's a blast. Join us. Hi, I'm Allison. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Fine Cut. This episode is a very special one because I'm not being joined by just one guest, but four. All writers and contributors to the anthology, Awakenings, Stories of Bodies and Consciousness. I'm so excited to sit down and talk with Sandel Morse, Nina Lichtenstein, Anne Kelly, and Kim Rule. So, Nina, I think you have been designated as the speaker for the group. What scene did you pick and why?
1: So... um... Not just what scene, but what movie,
0: right? Sure, but a specific right. scene in that movie because I'll link it in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So um, we were talking about good luck to you, Leo Grand, which um, many uh, people saw and which was a movie that made quite a a splash when it came out um, just shy of a year ago, I think. And um, specifically, the fact that the movie had Emma Thompson playing Nancy, uh, who was, who is a woman past middle age in her sixties, who is discovering her sexuality and, uh, with, with actually a sex worker, um, played by Daryl McCormick, who, uh, is the Leo in the good luck to you, Leo Grand. And, um, We chose the scene at the end. Um, There are many salient scenes throughout the whole movie, as you can imagine. It has to do about sexual awakening and um, uh, a woman who has lived all of her married life and uh, as a young coming-of-age sexual being uh, in sort of a stage of denial and hatred and also, quite frankly, um, um, deprivation of her uh, own body and the pleasures that uh, she's able to and she's could. never had an orgasm right right just to That's cut to the good. chase
0: until she uh, she employs leo grand she's never had an orgasm
2: there it is right so,
0: right and so, on her own or with a person
1: correct and so that yeah. feels to me just a- as a person like my co-writers who are here who uh have spent quite some time occupied writing stories of body, Mm. uh, like uh, a very important um, jumping off point. But as I said, though the movie has many salient scenes and some humorous and some sad and some aggravating, uh, at the very end of the film, um, after she has experienced orgasms, um, she's standing uh, naked in front of a full length mirror uh, Leo Grand has left her sort of orbit and uh, she is a woman in her 60s who is for the first time I'm actually getting goosebumps just rethinking about that scene in my very own head so I encourage listeners to go and and watch the movie if they haven't and and to enjoy this last piece where she's you can see that Emma Thompson um is standing and looking at her body in a in a in a very, I think it's in a way that many, many women and humans, quite frankly, you don't have to be a woman to have problems loving your body or discover no. pleasure, right? Absolutely. So there was something very humanizing about watching her in a in a compassionate way, um, yeah, observing herself. And I don't know if uh, the other uh, women here had a different sort of reaction to it. Um, but it was a beautiful way to end the film. And it gave us a lot of thought, you know, about or things to think about, um, about our bodies, about feelings, about how hard or forgiving we tend to be or can be, um, and so on. And she talks about
0: it. I don't know if any of you read the press, but she Emma Thompson talks about it, like that it was important, but also incredibly vulnerable and you've I thought I felt that watching it like how vulnerable it was for her to just sit with herself in that way
3: so I think that that scene that at the very end just exposes her vulnerability as an actor I don't know how she does that but you can just feel her vulnerability and her sense of kind of triumph over being able to do this And for me, that scene mirrored the opening scene in which she's looking in the same full-length mirror, Mm -hmm. fully clothed in her suit, which is kind of frumpy, Mm -hmm. and she's waiting for Leo Grand. And she's trying to, I think, I mean, I'm projecting, of course, but I think she's trying to see something beautiful about herself or something attractive about herself, or how am I ever going to do this? And then at the end she is whole and she is solid, but she's also vulnerable. And I think that's beautiful.
0: I agree. I, it mm. was so beautiful. And did you have thoughts on it?
4: Yeah. I mean, pretty much, I would echo everything that Nina and Sandow said, Um, you know, it's what I appreciated about the movie was you know it, it it we went through the roller coaster with emma right it it was it was all kinds of emotions i mean at times i was laughing out loud at some of the scenes right and then at other times she brought me to tears so it really it was a full roller coaster um and the importance of the message which is what so- society deems what is considered desirable right and so emma as Nancy, kind of took control of that, right? And she changed the narrative. Of course, Leo did help her, right? He helped her kind of break through the repression and the barriers that she and earlier her husband had had put on her. But, you know, she's able to kind of reframe her own narrative at the end. So I I just loved that.
2: Hmm.
4: I did too. And Kim,
0: I'm curious, about what your thoughts but also how it ties into your own work like you all chose this scene because it resonated with you as people but I'm guessing also as writers
2: yeah I think I was maybe the last one to watch this movie I just watched it last weekend <laughs> um I I didn't really relate to a lot of it you know of the two characters I related a little more to Leo it felt like um a generational mm-hmm. you know there, there were it was interesting on a generational level mm-hmm. um just being in my forties and you know, sort of benefiting from uh, the feminism that came before me and sort of the awakenings of of body and and femaleness and sexuality that preceded my lifetime. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I I appreciate that final scene for her sort of epiphany of what her body uh, actually can do. And what she was able to um, to accomplish with her body that she didn't believe that would, would ever be possible, which is very much at the center of the piece that I put in this anthology, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the the surmounting of of what you've always been told your body is going to be capable of, um, mm-hmm. and here you are having having proven that wrong. I, I really appreciated that part.
1: I want to I wanna go in and say something, uh, uh, ac- you know, follow up on what Kim is saying, which is I actually specifically loved and noticed how the moment that uh, the character Nancy did experience her first presumably orgasm was not when Leo Grand was doing anything to her, right? He wasn't even in the room at that point. And to me, that, Actually, was like a huge triumph because it has to do with you know before in my how I read it before we uh, can look for love or admiration or desire from others, we actually have to let ourselves love and admire and desire our own bodies,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And so the fact that it wasn't because he was like doing woo woo to her. <laughs> <laughs> which there was plenty of, but she was actually like, you know, climaxing uh, mm-hmm. just in sort of the glow of all the uh, skin contact and all the, you know, there was, you know, you, there was a lot of like sort of sexual jousting also verbally and humor with humor, you know? And I think that was, to me, was like, that was actually the part of the film I loved the most <laughs> as yeah. sort of, Uh, victory uh moment
0: and i want to say on kind of on your comment kim like there is this generational shift i agree but i still know women who have not had orgasms like they're out there and 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 reading girls and sex which is about women girls much younger than me there it's like i feel like in a lot of ways i had this like sweet spot where we were talking about sex and girls having orgasms and now these younger girls they're not. They they see sexual satisfaction, like the data, there's a whole book, Girls and Sex. The data is sexual satisfaction for them is their partner coming. This isn't heterosexual couples, you know, and that they put their orgasm, like it barely makes the list, you know, because they are consuming a lot of porn and that's part of it. And they're performing pleasure, but they aren't mm-hmm. actually experiencing pleasure. And I'm so so sad to read that because I felt like oh we were like on a good trajectory like we're talking about sexual satisfaction for both partners and then when the data lines up it's for male partners sexual satisfaction is orgasm but for women partners sexual satisfaction is the man's orgasm so I I think this is still so important Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. timely sadly Mm -hmm. um that that lots of women including Nancy just kind of performed what, right. what she believed was expected of her. Mm-hmm. And it took her to this age to even start to really consider what she wanted. And I, I wish that it. was still timely. Yeah. It was
2: in- interesting <laughs> too to, to watch it as a queer woman mm-hmm. and, and sort of see the disconnect of like heteronormative mm-hmm. sex for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And, And, and just sit with that, you know, I mean, I think that that was a big disconnect for me as well, because, um, you know, sex in the queer world is a completely different uh, thing than, and, um, you know, and even being married, you know, like, I think that, I think there's just, there's so many different paradigms that are, that are, um, that are different for me uh, Mm -hmm. than, for Emma Thompson's character in this movie. And it was really interesting to consider um, the ones that were explored in the film, for sure.
1: I actually think, Kim, that uh, that was a funny moment we had as a group, uh, thinking about <laughs> film and scene and stuff. And, you know, the initial reaction, you know, or that one might think, or one way to see is just like, okay, so, you know, here's this um, heterosexual older woman who's never received oral sex or given oral sex and like is that something that really is interesting or you know yawn right technically <laughs> and then and then it and then we can shift the lens and actually say well let's strip away the heterosexuals part let's strip away uh even the male partner and let's hone in on the journey of the main character in the film You know, and then it becomes and then suddenly I feel like there's a touch of the universal, which, of course, as story writers, it's something we strive toward all the time, even though our place as writers or performers or artists are specific to our lifestyles and our choices and our whatever um, to strike the universal, which I think happened there. And, And as I said in the opening, when I mentioned that particular scene, it could have been a man, it could have been a 62 year old man also. I mean, there are, let's face it, let's not put all men in one group as being, you know, only orgasm um, centered and, or goals, you know, centered, or that love their bodies, right, or accept their bodies. So um, that was a moment. So when we, when we sort of clarified and said, well, but check this out. And then I think, Kim, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that sort of made it, if not more relevant, certainly something that we as a group could appreciate and talk about.
2: Yeah, I think the the big moment at the end for me that that the point of connection and you know amplified empathy, which is what I always look for in stories, is um, you know, realize you know, seeing this sort of look of transcendence and achievement on her face and and knowing herself herself. Um as more than a body or, or an old lady or whatever, um, is that moment of knowing which everybody strives for really in, in life. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: Yeah. There Um, was something that, that struck me in the, um, I think in the forward, there's, there's talk about, um, the voice of the body. And it seems to me that that's what we're talking about in this film, and I don't know, correct me again if I'm wrong, that it really relates to um, heterosexuality or, or or queer sexuality. It's this ability to know yourself and to listen to that voice that is your body that is so co-opted by society and the larger culture and, um, and particularly for women. Um, And the line that I love is it just says the voice of the body thrums throughout this collection. I just love that.
1: Mm. That's that's really great. I can I can actually um, identify when uh, the the character Emma Thompson or Nancy looks in the mirror because the piece in my anthology also has to do with like um, uh, the the. Various stages, let's call it, of how through pregnancy and motherhood and and middle age and menopause and divorce and then coming out on the other end in a, thank God, better place. Also body um, image and acceptance, um, which, you know, uh, is the the bottom line is that our bodies are on journeys and they tell stories uh, at each stage in our life. And I think the collection, I mean, 49, uh, contributors, you know, and that's just the people who made it into the collection. Uh, you know, we all have bodies. I like to say <laughs> when I teach body writing workshops that, you know, uh, we, we all have bodies. It's sort of the great democratizing, uh, um, if you will, factor of us, we have bodies and we have stories right? Mm-hmm. So uh, those, those are, uh, you know, our bodies are different, our experiences are different, but that brings us sort of together. And I think it makes the uh, anthology uh, relevant, very relevant. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly, more- yeah. It's, yeah, it's
4: kind of like the anthology. And and it's even in the, the subtitle of it, you know, stories of bodies and consciousness. I would say that each of these 49 writers, you know, they're exploring, getting to know their own bodies. Right. I mean, even like, for example, with my essay, a lot of it was about learning what had been happening to me over years. I had to learn it. I had to know it and accept it and then move past that. So I, knowing is a big part of this.
1: Mm. And consciousness.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to this idea of embodiment, which is like the big conversation right now. And, uh, you know, um, this idea that, um, you know, we spend so much time in our heads scrolling and, and um, you know, even when we're doing physical activities, like, you know, embodiment is presence and presence is consciousness. And, you know, this is all very fascinating to me. And I, I you know, I think that that was represented both by emma thompson's performance in this film and leo grand Grand's leo grand i keep want to call him grande leo <laughs> Grand's performance.
4: ariana um, has moved into your
0: consciousness
4: exactly yeah. it's either ariana ariana or starbucks it's one of them
0: all <laughs> oh, right starbucks i don't drink coffee so it's ariana 100 for me
2: absolutely um Uh, sorry you
4: were saying
0: I I think you were saying something I was also about to say Kim that I think the embodiment that Emma Thompson at the end that's a really difficult thing to do in film where you feel this like she's present Mm. and and he does it too as Leo Grant which I think was what you were saying like I I think for me that was very moving in the film this sort of it wasn't just about sex. It was about sex was the vehicle is the metaphor Mm -hmm. to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also important to have the conversations about sex, but it's also about being present and embodied with
2: yourself Mm -hmm. and embodiment for both of them. I mean, I think he goes on a journey here as well. It's not just a film about her Um, and his, his sort of um, discovery and awakening. I'll use that word again uh, (laughs) (laughs) to his own to his own, uh, embodiment, his own persona, his own story his own uh, story. Is, is just as important. Um,
1: mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. You know, uh, somebody said early on when we started to talk that once they, once Daryl McCormick, the, uh, rather handsome young sex worker in the film, once the actor is on your sort of, um, awareness, you, you see him like, uh, you know, so many other places, I think the same is with the concept of body awareness. And we see so much now, uh, not just in like the yoga or body positivity, sort of movement, you know, of mindfulness and self acceptance. But if you start to once you're aware of something, which all of us have, uh, you know, spent quite some time being hyper aware, uh, about the body and the stories, you see it popping up like everywhere. It's like I'm in the middle of you know writing about more bodies, teaching body, and now I I feel like I can't go anywhere without seeing like I don't know. You just become hyper aware, and this is a good thing. And hopefully, our the anthology and and all the other good writing out there, uh, that brings out body stories help help in all this, um.
0: I think that's a good <clears throat> place to sort of begin to wrap up um, and talk about. I'm going to sort of fold in at the end. I say, where can people find you? So obviously you can find all of these women in awakenings, stories of bodies and consciousness edited by Diane Gottlieb. Um, so we can find you all there. Do do you can now also share just any last thoughts? And if you have like social or website you'd like to share, um, please feel free to do that. Sandel.
3: Do you have any last thoughts? I'd love to share. So I'm the old old one of the group here. (laughs) And and, um, I've been a writer for years and years and years. But in 2020, I actually published my debut memoir, which is a double journey. And it's called um, The Spiral Shell, A French Village Reveals Its Secrets of Jewish Identity in World War II. And I'm all over social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and X, which I... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I Very hate good. calling it that. <laughs> I'm still in. And, and I have a website in. and my okay. website is sandelmorse.com. And is that the
0: same for Instagram, sandelmorse or your handle? At Sandel Morse for okay.
3: Instagram and Facebook. Yes.
0: Wonderful.
4: And? Great. So, uh, as I already mentioned earlier, I met Allison on Instagram. So yes, I do have a presence out there. Uh, I am on X as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and my website, which is anKKelly.com, I am now in the querying trenches. Uh, I have finished my memoir manuscript. Uh, and in a nutshell, it's about living with a bleeding brain tumor for 40 years and not Mm -hmm. being aware of it. And, uh, of course, I, I excerpted a piece of it, which does appear in the anthology. So uh, yeah, I would love to connect with anybody out on social media. And uh, yeah, Allison, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, it was wonderful
0: chatting with all of you. And and she d- didn't mention, did a Where I'm From home with me a while ago. And yes. now we're at, I'm at 112. I think Anne is somewhere in the twenties, thirties. So, and you Sandel, Nina, Kim, you are also invited to join me if you ever want to, I can tell you more after we stop recording
1: (laughs) Nina. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my work, uh, can be found on my website as well, which is Nina Lichtenstein.com. I'll link it all in the show notes too. So you don't need to spell it. Don't worry. And, uh, and on Instagram and Ooh, X. I'm actually at Viking Jewish, so that's sort of a moniker that I have as a Norwegian Jewish person, Um, but I wanted to say, uh, oh yes, so I am Excited Because I actually am between where Sandel, who has published her first memoir, and Anne, who is querying, I just received a contract for my memoir, uh, which is a book on body writing. Um, And rather than going to a particular um, challenge that I've overcome and writing about this, uh, my conceit of writing uh, about life and my life specifically is that each chapter is named for a body part. Um, And I use body parts as a portal uh, to mine uh, memories uh, from life. So the title of the book is Body, My Life in Parts. And I also teach uh, body writing workshops online and uh, in person. And uh, I'm also the founder and director of Maine Writer Studio, which uh, has literary salons and open mics uh, here in Brunswick, Maine. Uh, Yeah. All right. And Kim, and you are
2: also in Brunswick, Maine, I think. Also in Brunswick, Maine. Um, <laughs> I've been a music journalist for 20 years. So my <laughs> my last book was in that vein, which is called A Singing Army, Zylfia Horton and the Highlander Folk School. Um, for anybody interested in the intersection of folk music and social justice um, and the labor movement, big, big, uh, important thing always, but particularly right now. Um, and I've just finished a manuscript, uh, a memoir manuscript uh, that I'm calling Chosen Family. It's about the eight years my wife and I spent trying to make babies um, while living in an intentional community in Western North Carolina. So it's a lot of ruminations about the the intersection of family and community um, and why we tried so hard for so long to bring new people into ours. Um, which is what the, the essay that's in the anthology is, is related to that project. So people can find me at kimrule.com or I'm on Instagram and I have made the, the leap to threads from X as uh, (laughs) at Kim Rule writes at both places. So.
0: Okay. Well, thank you all so much for joining me. This has been such a treat and thank you to everyone who listened. We know you have a million podcast choices. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. All right. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you.